Welcome in the latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Michael Bratton. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter, and I'm joined as always by my cousin Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Hey, buddy, I just want to take a moment to wish you a happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Shout out. My dad, Shane, we just got back from our latest Kentucky bourbon trip. So that was a heck of a time. So shout out to uh, the, the the big man there. That's uh, kind of inspired this whole thing. But uh, how you doing this Father's Day, buddy? Dude, I, I appreciate that, man. And, and uh, you know, that's my kids. They, they, they were real nice. They got me uh, all kinds of cards, all kinds of goodies and stuff. We're going to grill out here a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, so having a happy Father's Day. And, and I missed the picks, man. You're up there on the bourbon trail. So which, which ones did you hit? Man, t- uh, almost too many to reference, Shane. But uh, we went up to uh, kind of off the – you know, in, in Kentucky, there's, there's two different ways to handle it, Shane. There's uh, – we stay at a place called – Bardstown. It's kind of like yeah. in the middle of, the, of Kentucky. It's kind of a small town, and they call that uh, the the world's center for for bourbon, essentially. Right. And then there's Louisville, which has a ton of them, and and that's more city. So we hit up the country, we hit up the city, and uh, Louisville was nice because there's about eight to, to twelve of them right there in a in a mile and a half, two mile radius. So we got to hit up all those. We hit up some of the country ones. Probably my favorite, Shane, was uh, Bullet. I really like that one. Yeah. Jeb Jeb the Creek was another good one. We went to Evan Williams. We went oh, to cool. Old Forester. We we went to Buffalo Trace every day. So I mean, we <laughs> we hit up quite a few, and uh, I've already forgotten some of the ones we did. But uh, yeah, That's we awesome. certainly got uh, a, a bunch of bourbon brought back with us. One thing I've never done, Mike, and I'd like to go up there and check that out. We were talking off air. I think that would be fun. Maybe yeah. get the crew together. Go the flying Hawaiian. He's not on right now. He turns his phone off on every Father's Day, and I don't blame him. He don't want to get that random dad message, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, it's been it's been awesome, and I and I hope that everybody had a good time with their dads, their old man, and uh, trust me, it means more to the father than it does the kids. So uh, that that's our little PSA for the day. Well, hey, we got another one, Shane. Before we get to our next fall camp preview, we're going to do the South Carolina Gamecocks on this mm-hmm. edition of the show. But another announcement, Shane, special announcement, T-minus less than 30 days to yeah. SEC Media Days here in Nashville. And we've kind of been teasing it, Shane. We're going to uh, officially announce this and we'll be plugging it probably every show until then, but uh, we are going to be getting together, Shane, Saturday, yep. July 15th. The event starts 17th, 17th through the 20th, so two days prior in Nashville. Thankfully, it's in the city I live, so I know the uh, uh, the my surroundings <laughs> better than, than we did last year in Atlanta, but for the audience, Shane, special announcement. Hey, if you want to come hang out with Cousin Shane and I, we are going to be at Bearded Iris Brewing. Yeah. It's a free event. Just come on down, talk some SEC football, and bring your koozie. Heck, well, I'll bring a koozie for anybody that shows up. And we're going to be there from three to six, Shane. So you got three hours to sit back. Yeah. They'll have food there and obviously a brewery. They're going to have plenty of brews there, Shane. So <laughs> uh, it, it's a great little uh, uh, venue. It's in. Uh, it's right near top golf there in nashville so just search bearded iris and uh, th- there's actually two locations i probably should have came with the address but it's right near top golf shane it's the one that is downtown it's where all the all the fun is down there so uh the original bearded iris will be there again from three to six saturday july 15th you want to come hang out and just a special thank you to all, to any fans that want to show up and and get yeah. to have a beer and talk some SEC football with us. Yeah, I think this is cool. It's the first time we've ever 
done something like this, Mike. So I'm excited. And, and naturally we picked the brewery, <laughs> you know, so uh, try to be closer to three than six. Cause you don't know what you're going to get with cousin shake. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not that bad, but we're going to have some fun, man. And, and just cut loose small talks, you know, uh, it's nothing formal at all, but what else is cool? It's Nashville guys. You know, you got a month. If you're looking for a fun weekend, there's not a better town that, uh, to do it in because, you know, after six, you know, you may want to go downtown Nashville. You may want to go play some top golf, maybe a fun weekend with the wife, whatever you want to do, brother. I, I, I just think it's going to be an awesome experience. And, uh, again, we'll have some more details a little bit closer to the date, but, uh, more importantly, we're just wanting to hang out. That's all this is. Yeah. Oh, and I got the address here, Shane. I, I should have had that ready. 101 Van Buren Street, Nashville, Tennessee. Again, it's all it's near the rivers, next to Top Golf. So it's very easy to find. There's they got parking. It's a free yeah. place to enter. So we're not looking to charge anybody. We're not asking you to buy. Heck, you don't, if you don't drink, you don't have to drink. Just come by and sip on water if you want. You know, we won't we won't hold it against you. Just don't hold it against us if we have a couple <laughs> too many. You know what? <laughs> exactly yeah no filter shake coming in so uh no this is going to be awesome and uh i look forward to seeing everybody there yeah and, and speaking of that shane the, so the sec has officially announced on tuesday of media days they're doing a, a concert it's with a band midland and it's going to be on broadway this is july 18th sec kickoff so we'll probably be down there as well on that tuesday so just Another reason to come out, they're going to be blocking the streets off there on Broadway. Yeah. That's where the Media Days is. It's, it's, it's in a hotel, the Grand Hyatt, right there on Broadway. So the SEC is stepping up, but we're trying to do it a couple days early and, and make this a, a much bigger event, fan event, again, on Saturday, July 15th. So I'm very much looking forward to that and hoping we get a lot of people to show up. You know what? Mike, I got—I mean, I pulled up Nashville's list, and, and of course that night, uh, Beyonce is going to be at the Nissan Stadium. So have a couple of beers with us and go watch some Beyonce, man. <laughs> That's my ringtone. My wife know, calls. <laughs> I wonder how. I—I I don't think we have a lot of crossover with Beyonce. If I had to guess. Oh, you'd be surprised, man. I'm telling you that Beyonce, I, 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 I was raised in a house, this is a house full of women, man. Right. I, again, I joke. That's why I'm bald. Trust me. I have heard plenty of Beyonce. I can bring, pro, you know, you have me enough beers and we go downtown, do some karaoke. You'd be surprised how many Beyonce songs I know. <laughs> Hell, I may go to the concert now that I think about it. <laughs> All right, Shay, let's get let's get down to business. What we're here for, and that's the South Carolina Gamecocks. Shay. Yeah. Program on the rise. They're killing it in recruiting. And hell, no team was hotter at the end of the regular season than them South Carolina Gamecocks, Shay. So let's uh quick recap of last season. Went eight and five, eight and four in the regular season, though. Third in the SEC East. And really, Shane, if you want to talk about South Carolina last season, I think if you just boiled it down to one word, I think this is fair, Shane. Inconsistent. Yeah. I think that's the word you'd use for South Carolina. Now, that doesn't mean they were awful because certainly, like, you know, at third in the East, they exceeded expectations. They've done that twice now under Shane Beamer. But you think early in the season, they lose to Arkansas. They yeah. lose to Georgia. And those were, you know, fairly dominant losses. Uh, but then they turn right around. They beat Kentucky, beat A&M. Then they turn around, they lose at home to Missouri, and then they get yeah. killed by an average Florida team. And you're thinking, man, what in the world are we at running out of gas here? And then, oh, oh, oh buddy, they gave <laughs> we got to bring this part up, do we? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they gave Josh Heupel his worst loss as a college yeah. coach. Shame for a Tennessee team that was eyeing the college football playoff would have made it had they beaten South Carolina. And then they turn right around, Shane, and arguably an even bigger win, winning at Clemson, snapping that streak, yeah. winning the state. Clemson had a 40-game home winning streak. That was shattered into pieces mm. by them Gamecocks. Mm. And, you know, one other thing, we got to give them credit where credit's due, Shane. I think you can make the case that the Gamecocks had the best special teams in the entire country 
So that's kind of where my thoughts on, on last season. You got anything else that kind of stands out to you if you think about the Gamecocks from last season? Well, speaking of Father's Day, it's always good when they beat Clemson, right? <laughs> uh, who's your daddy? Mike, <laughs> uh, I, I think this – I think inconsistent is obviously – that's that's obvious. But to me, it felt like uh, a tale of two halves, you know, uh, it, this, this South Carolina team at the end of the season was way different than South Carolina at the start of the season. And it was almost like, hey, now that things are moving along, if we just start all back over, you know, who knows? South Carolina may have won 10 games, you know, mm-hmm. so 11 games. Who I, I think that Georgia still would have been a tough one. But South, South Carolina, tell two halves, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, whatever you want to say but how they finished with that momentum. And I don't want to knock the bowl game because the bowl game, we had some opt-outs, we had some noise, we had things going on. That right. doesn't count to me. Uh, the way they closed it out with, with Tennessee and uh, Clemson made me think that this program was on the rise. Mm-hmm. Well, it all starts with the head man, Shane. Shane Beamer, of course. Yep. Let's break down his resume here. He's 15-11 and 11 in two seasons, but that doesn't really tell the full story considering what he took over and how far he has taken the Gamecocks. He's 7-9 and nine as an SEC coach in conference play. 2-0 and o versus Vandy. 1-0 and o versus Auburn. Remember that great one. 1-1 yeah. uh, one one against Florida, Kentucky, Tennessee, and A&M. He's 0-1 against Arkansas, 0-2 against Georgia, and 0-2 against Missouri. But how about this, Shane? Considering... Again, what he inherited, he is two and three against top ten opponents. I mean, he's basically five hundred or or damn close to it against top ten opponents. Uh, Three and eight, a little bit rougher against top twenty-five. But again, you know they they've barely been a top twenty-five under him, so uh, that's to be somewhat expected. He's ten and four at home, four and six on the road, and one and one in neutral site games, but. I don't think there's any way to slice it than to say he has been a massive, massive hire for South Carolina. And mm-hmm. some fans hate him, but uh, and not South Carolina fans, certainly, but other fan bases. And I think that's the, that's the biggest uh, indication that you got yourself a coach that, that is good when the rest of the SEC <laughs> is throwing hate their way. You know what? I will say this. The, the thing that stood out to me, even the the three and eight versus top 25, this is a coach. This is a South Carolina team that was a, a penciled in victory when you played a top 25 opponent. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. And, and now you can't. Even now you're looking at 30, 40% a win. You know, you can't go into to Columbia and expect to win anymore. And I think that's important. That's that's the growth I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll, there's there's time to hang banners, but it's kind of blows my mind because I was there was a lot of people that were, I, I don't know what you would say. Like even myself, I, I was like, this is an experiment. It felt like. Hiring Beamer, it felt like an experiment. It, bringing in some of these coordinators out of the gate, you remember he had a tough time. It just felt like an experiment. It's like, let's mm-hmm. just see if it works, you know. They didn't. They don't have the highest recruiting budget. Let's just see if it works. And it's working, Mike. It's working flawlessly. And, and I think that's the best part because now that, that South Carolina is becoming fun and exciting, the money's coming. The recruiting's coming. And then it's just launching the next chapter of Beamer's career down here in South Carolina. So, uh, yeah, I think you look at these numbers, you can look at it two different ways. And and I'm looking at it, again, as a fan perspective, that we're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Now, the biggest coaching change on this staff, of course, got rid of uh, Marcus Satterfield, offensive coordinator, thank God. And we're bringing in <laughs> Dow Loggins, who has got a Crazy track record here, Shane, of a guy as young as he is that's been in the NFL for 16 seasons, many of those as an offensive coordinator. Uh, but last two seasons, Shane, he was at Arkansas as the tight ends coach. He's a he's an Arkansas graduate. And there was some belief, Shane, that they were grooming him to be the next offensive coordinator to replace Kendall Browse. And I've even heard some speculation, Shane, that they're hoping – down the line now, deep down the line, they don't they don't want to see Sam Pittman go anytime soon. But maybe the next head coach for the Arkansas Razorbacks. 
or at least down the line when he gets a little bit more experience. But uh, that's who we're getting in Dow Loggins, Shane. He was New York Jets offensive coordinator for two seasons, Miami Dolphins offensive coordinator, Chicago Bears for three years, Tennessee Titans before that. So things didn't go great in the NFL, but you just look at those teams I, I mentioned, Shane. They ain't got a quarterback. At least they didn't when they had Dow Loggins. And the NFL is all about as good as your your quarterback health. Bill Belichick would tell you that. Patriots hit, went in the damn gutter <laughs> as soon as Tom Brady wasn't there. You know what? So, yeah. And I would also say, Shane, Dow Loggins was the best recruiter on Arkansas's staff last season, at, at least among the assistant coaches. And as soon as he left, their class took a big hit. And South Carolina's has kind of jumped up. So, you know, I, I not only are they getting a, a, a sharp mind here at offensive coordinator, but they're getting someone that is going to do the work as an, a, a recruiter, which is something that you must have at a place like South Carolina. They have proven they can recruit well, but you got to put in the work. And Dow Loggins is a guy that is more than willing to do that for Shane Beamer and company. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Bobby, anything to add? He's not the best color man in the league for nothing, folks. Now, the only other position change, Shane, Travian Robertson, the new defensive line coach, the former one, Jimmy Lindsey, jumped at LSU. But South Carolina fans were happy that they uh, got to make this trade, Shane, because Robertson was a defensive line coach at Tulane last year, won 11 games. Before that, Shane, for three seasons at Georgia State. And that's a name every SEC fan should know because they come into this league and they play with these SEC teams thanks in large part to this defensive line, Shane. I mean, it, remember they upset Tennessee during that time, mm-hmm. nearly knocked off Auburn. They they played tough yeah. many SEC teams. And the best part, Shane, he he's a Gamecock. He played for the Gamecocks, <laughs> 2011 team captain. So anytime you can bring back a, a standout player to be an assistant coach, you know it's going to mean more to them, and that's kind of the vibe you get over this whole Shane Beamer program. These coaches care. They want the best for South Carolina, and that's a big reason why they think they've upgraded at defensive line coach. Yeah, I'm always a fan of legacy, you know, and and continuing that and getting to come back to your your campus, man. I'm sure that's a highlight in itself, but – Again, it's all about recruiting, brother, and that's what they're building around them. So I, I think that's the, the main takeaway for me here. Mm-hmm. All right, Chase. So let's break down the returning production for the Gamecocks, starting with the offense. 63% of our offensive production is returning this fall for the Gamecocks. That's ninth in the SEC. But we are returning 100% of the passing yards, thanks in large part, of course, to Spencer Rattler, over 3,000 yards last season. Rushing, this is where we're looking for answers here, Shane. Only 32.1% of the rushing production is is returning. Juju McDowell's our leading returner. He only had 219 yards on the ground last year. Receiving yards, only 50% returning. Juice Wells, All-American candidate, he had 928 yards, so our, our number one is back. Maybe the best receiver in the entire SEC. But here's where I have a real question mark, Shane, for this Gamecock team, and that's on the offensive line. Because only two starters returned from last fall, and one of them, I think the best one, Jalen Nichols, the left tackle, he's the one that got hurt in the spring game, and there was a report out there that he's going to be lost for the season, although Shane Beamer is optimistic that maybe he can return. So, I'm not ready to write him off, but but Shane Beamer has made it clear he's not going to be available at least early in the season. So we're essentially bringing back one starter on the offensive line. Uh, some of the guys we lost last year, Eric Douglas, Jawan Gwynn, and Dylan Wallum, all started 37 or more games for the Gamecocks. So yeah. just – Again, it doesn't mean that the offensive line is going to be terrible because we're in year three. We've we've been developing some really good linemen. We'll get to the transfers. We added some pieces via transfer, but it's rough when um, in the SEC when you're essentially only bringing back one or two offensive linemen with with a lot of starting experience. You know what? Yeah, no, I get that, Mike. But you know, one of the most frustrating parts for me last year was this rushing attack, and a lot of that had to do with that offensive line. So. 
Mm-hmm. You know, maybe a clean slate's not a bad idea. Sometimes you, you see this in, in, in teams taking over. It's like it, you just need a, a new generation of kids coming through there, and then all of a sudden it's a, co- it's a cohesive unit that's finally getting that rushing production. So I'm not hitting the panic button because there was times last year they struggled with their offensive line. Yeah, yeah, that's a great point. All right, how about the defense? Shame we're returning 48% of our defensive production from last fall. That's 12th in the SEC. Uh, leading tackler Nick Emanwari is back. He was a true freshman last year. He had 85 tackles. Uh, I believe five of the top seven tacklers are back, so that's a good sign. Sacks percentage, 47% are back, including the sack uh, leading sack artist Tonka Hemingway, who had four last year, and 50% of the interceptions from last season are back, uh, including Marcellus Dial, who led the team with three. So we're kind of middle of the road when it comes to defensive returning production. But again, we will get to these transfers in, in just a second. I know Shane can't wait to get to the transfers, but <laughs> we'll get, we got transfers, we got incoming freshmen that are going to make an impact. So uh, you know, the defense, don't be fooled by these numbers. They got a ton of young talent that if the biggest thing for me with the defense is stopping the run, that's been an issue. If we can get yeah. that resolved, we may have a hell of a defense here. Yeah, well, and some you talk about the returning production, what they are bringing back, which we'll get to here in a minute. They got some dudes on that side of the ball, so uh, mm-hmm. easy to build around that. Right. All right, Shannon, you're basically your favorite part. Let's talk <laughs> transfers. And we always start with the outgoing guys real quick. And I basically just did this in order of importance, at least in my mind. And it yeah. starts for me, Shane, with Marshawn Lloyd. He was the leading rusher. Of course, he went to uh, the wrong USC Southern Cal. Now, yeah. uh, I'm sure NIL played a part in that. Uh, Jordan Birch, the former five-star lineman, he's now at Oregon. You know, there's been multiple reports he's dying to come back to South Carolina. So, whoops. Who knows? I Wait, mean, yeah. <laughs> Wait till it's winter, buddy. You know, <laughs> you think it sucks now. <laughs> Tight end Jaheim Bell, he's now at Florida State. Uh, Gilbert Edmond, a, a defensive lineman, he also went to Florida State. Austin Stogner, who transferred from Oklahoma this time last year, he's back at Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Guess he got homesick or something. Uh, R.J. Roderick, the defensive back to Liberty. Rashad Amos, the running back to Miami of Ohio. So not a huge loss, but it's more for depth purposes. And then Corey Rucker, the receiver to Arkansas State. So you lost some big pieces here, in particular, you know, three or four guys that really could have helped this year. Yeah. But aside from that, not all, you know, we've I've showed you, you know, pictures of like who A&M's losing. And I mean, it's like 30 guys deep yeah. Arkansas too. So not a high number of Gamecocks jump into the portal, which again, I think it speaks to uh, the, culture the culture and the pro yeah. program down there in Columbia. You know what? Yeah. And, and again, you know me and my love for Marshawn Lloyd. I, it's just, that's the one that got away, Mike. Yeah. That's the one that I, I really thought if the stars were aligned, they did have an awesome offensive line. I think we're looking back talking about how great Marshawn Lloyd is. And who knows? I, I, I wish him well, but that that one hurt. And, and you know, yes, there is some talent going in, into the uh, portal. We're going to have that. But, Mike, too, there was some uh, – I don't know. It, it felt like you were talking about culture. It feels like the culture stayed. You know what I'm saying? Like right. sometimes there was some uneasiness in that locker room, and I think it affects some of these games. And I yeah. don't think we're going to have that leading into this season. No. All right, so let's get to the incoming transfer, Shane. This, we had some huge impact pieces here for the Gamecocks. And, and for me, Shane, it starts with tight end Trey Knox from Arkansas. Yeah. He – Got recruited to Arkansas, Shane, by uh, Justin Stepp, who's, of course, the receivers coach now at South Carolina. So he has that rapport. He's going to slide right into our our starting tight end in Columbia. And, of course, with Dal Loggins, given his tight end background, you know we're going to emphasize that position. And, and of course, this that was his position coach last year. Yeah at Arkansas, so they certainly know what they're getting in Trey Knox, who he was third on the Razorbacks in receiving yards last year, Shane. Also had five touchdowns. Now, running back, 
Mario Anderson from Newberry. I, I never even have you heard of Newberry Shade? It's a <laughs> no, the old berry. Yeah, no, I've not, I've not heard of Newberry. Where's that at? Is that a it's college? A, it's a division two school, Shane, but he rushed for 3,300 yards in two years at Newberry Jeez. and 35 touchdowns. So, given that uh, we only have two scholarship running backs, Shane, and this, yeah. and he's one of them. You know, instant impact, I think, is an understatement for Mario Anderson, the running back. Well, it kind of reminds me, uh, you know, I just did a video on Rudy Johnson down mm-hmm. in Auburn. Comes out community, I mean, he's, he comes out Division Two, has yep. has stellar numbers, and, and then plays Auburn one season, but, but racks up 1,500 yards. It's like <laughs> one of those guys that just comes through. So maybe this is that dude. Yeah, he's, he's another – shooting star just coming through college football <laughs> now we all we loaded up again at tight end should we because our, our key tight end uh left via the transfer portal of course so they had a joshua simon from western kentucky shane during his time at western kentucky 84 catches third 1131 yards 16 touchdowns so very yeah. productive tight end they also added nick elskis from florida he was he didn't play much he got hurt his only year now he's with the Gamecocks, so we've added three very talented and, and two very productive tight ends to shore up that position. We added an offensive lineman from Yale. How about that, Shane? Nick Gargilio. I'm sure I butchered that. but Yeah. Oh, he was the team captain at Yale, Shane, last year. They only have one okay. team captain. It was this guy. He said when he got into the portal, Shane, he said 75 schools reached out to him. So he's coming from Yale. Obviously not a football powerhouse, but they see something in this six foot five, two hundred ninety pound monster, and they'll probably start for the yeah. Gamecocks. So there you go. Uh, linebacker, that smart bastard, did something right, you know. <laughs> <laughs> they had a linebacker, Jaron Willis from Ole Miss. Shane, he didn't play much last year, but he was a four star, number nineteen edge player in the country. Receiver Eddie Lewis from Memphis, who had ninety four catches. 1,173 yards and 12 touchdowns. And then a little wild card here, Shane. They added, this is a familiar name to to several East schools, D'Angelo Gibbs, who was at Tennessee. He was at Georgia. You know, touted recruit. Um, I don't know where he's been the last couple years, but I remember, you know, under Pruitt, he was on on the Vols team. But uh, he's going to come in as a defensive back and – just one of those deals, Shane, where you just never know. You take a chance on someone with immense talent. Hopefully he puts it all together and, and he finally lives up to his potential. But, uh, you know, don't write him off either. Yeah, one last shot, you know. And, and, and I wonder if that has something to do with uh, uh, what's his name down there, Hardesty. I bet I bet it did, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, look- that's probably where they cross paths. But, I mean, obviously identifying talent, that's huge. But, Mike, out of all of these, my favorite, without a doubt, is the tight ends. You know, mm-hmm. when I think of South Carolina, you know how they come out with these kicker you, wide receiver you. I'm telling you, South Carolina's got had some doozies come through there at that tight end spot. And and I think they, they nailed it. I was, I was worried when Bell left. But they turn around and they bring in two bodies that are going to be very productive on that side of the ball. So, uh, yeah, let's 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 get these tight ends involved. Yeah, no doubt. And then as for the recruits, Shane, they signed the number seventeen recruiting class in the country. Mm-hmm. That's number seven in the SEC last year, and they have got some potential impact players right out the gate. Shane, uh, we got to start with the number one athlete in the country, Nicholas. Harbor, six foot five, two hundred twenty-five pounds, has got Olympic speed. I mean, you want to talk about Jimmy Graham two point Yeah, who could be a tight end, but uh, apparently Beamer says we're going to start Nicholas Harbor off at receiver to get yes. get the ball in his hands. Uh, I mean, I this we're talking an absolute freak show here that I cannot wait to see Nicholas Harbor take the field this fall. You know what? Absolutely, take this body here. Flip it on its head. Total opposite. That's what you got there in Columbia. Dude is going to be a phenom. And he's going to be so tough to keep off the field year one. So, again, just an exciting weapon emerging there in South Carolina. Yep. And then uh, we got a ton of four stars that I think could make an impact, Shane. The number 21 edge defender, Desmond 
Yumiozulu. I'm sure I butchered that, but yeah. hey, we need pass rushers here. Number six, interior offensive lineman Marquis Anderson. Number 19, defensive lineman Xavier McLeod. Number 18, linebacker. I'm already hearing tremendous things about this guy, Shane. Pup Howard. I think he's going to be a team leader, even as a true freshman. Uh, we've already seen the number 17 quarterback in the country, Lenoris Sellers. He was a star in the spring game. Looks like the future of the position in Columbia. And then the number one junior college defense alignment, Elijah Davis. So, yeah. Again, I think a number of these guys come in at critical positions that uh, can really help the Gamecocks this fall. Yeah, because that's that's going to be their only hamstring is is that they've got some some depth issues, and, and right. we're going to need some of these young kids to put on weight quick. We're going to need some of these young kids to to get acclimated with the with the coaching staff quickly, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. uh, so that's that's how quick can you grow up? That's what I think about when I hear this this recruiting class. Mm -hmm. And Shane Beamer and company, Shane, in their brief time in Columbia, they have proven. They can get guys in yeah. year one and make them highly productive players. So, uh, again, I, I think a number of these guys are going to play this fall, if not all of them. So let's go down position by position group, Shane, and I'll, I'll rank starting with the offense, the position groups. And this is one of the deeper rooms in all of – College football, in my opinion, Shane, at the quarterback position, that's leading the way. With Spencer Rattler, multiple years as a starting quarterback. Luke Doty, you got a capable backup. Yep. Uh, Colin uh, Gutierrez, who we've seen briefly on the field, he's he was a four-star. Tanner Bailey, also a four-star. And then I just mentioned the true freshman, Len Lenore Sellers. You know, when we go four deep at quarterback, I'm impressed. We go five deep at South <laughs> Carolina right now. I love it, man. Even Luke sticking around, I, I think that just that that shows you the kind of culture they created down there. Just right. waiting his time, getting better, learning that playbook. I, I think South Carolina will be better in the long run there. But yeah, this is a tough room to beat. And I think a couple of these guys, Luke Doty, you mentioned, and, and Lenore Sellers, the true freshman. I think we could see them come in and you know trick plays, and you know I don't yeah. want to call them receivers, but it's like it's almost like you throw throw them at receiver for a player too, so that we can just do some double passes and things of that yeah. nature. We're, we're, well, they've we're, done. We'll definitely see that. They've been doing that. So I don't, I don't expect anything different here. They did it with Bale. They did it with a uh, uh, joiner, you know, yep. so, so expect the same here with, I, I would like to see those boys out there. Mm -hmm. Now the second position, in my opinion, Shane, on the offensive side receivers and it, it's thanks in large part to bringing back Juice Wells, who's a, yeah. such a game-breaker at the receiver position. I'm throwing to carry on Joyner in here. That may be cheating because we'll, we're going to reference him at another position here in just a second. Uh, Marion Brown, Xavier Leggett, Omega Brown, and the youngster Landon Sampson. Yeah. Throw those guys into the mix. That's a, that's a deep group. I mentioned the transfer, Eddie Lewis from Memphis. And I'm also throwing in Nicholas Harbor, the true freshman. So, you can see why the uh, you know potential star power of this position group for the Gamecocks is full. Yeah, it starts and ends with juice with me. I just I just put a big orange walk with him getting that seventy yard <laughs> touchdown against Clips, and you know, I mean, dude's an absolute freak. So I I, yeah. I think when you got him on the on the roster, it's hard not to mention him higher on this list. Yep, and then we'll get to Shane's tight ends here. So we've yep. already hit on these guys, Trey Knox. Transfer from Arkansas, Joshua Simon, transfer from Western Kentucky, and Nick Elskis from Florida, transfer from Florida here. So it's rare that we have basically entire tight end room, a, a transfer, but uh, that's what we got. And we went from a complete unknown to, I think, a strength on this football team. Yeah, and I think going to be an exciting room. Uh, I, I think people are sleeping on Trey Knox. I don't, I don't think he's – unlocked anywhere close to his real potential and and i and i hope they find it down there in columbia right yeah and i'm glad you said that shane because that's a thing that you know arkansas didn't do a ton with the tight end position yeah. so maybe he was just ill-suited for that offense and now that he's going to a more tight end friendly offense maybe he explodes this fall yeah. you know what 
Absolutely. Well, it's an easy way to market when you do so much with your tight ends. So mm-hmm. I, I think this is this was the steal of, of the uh, of the portals, in my opinion, for South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Next position group on my ranking, Shane, offensive line, and we again we got some talent here, just largely inexperienced. I'm throwing Jalen Nichols in there, even though he's banged up at left tackle. Uh, Vershawn Lee's got some starting experience. And then this next group, Shane, very talented, but just have not seen the field a ton yet in the SEC. Ja'Kai Moore, Trey Jones, Tyshawn Wanamaker, and Ryan Rubaker. All these guys could be starters this fall for the Gamecocks. I mentioned Nick Gargiello from Yale, the transfer, the captain, (laughs) and then Marky Anderson, who was a, a top 15 overall recruit at that position i think he'll see the field potentially as well so again we got talent just lacking Mm -hmm. a little bit of experience on the offensive line yeah yeah i think so too and then last is running back shane and it's just because we got two two scholarship (laughs) running backs uh that does not include joiner so maybe we we could say three but we got juju mcdowell to carry on joiner and then mario anderson the newberry transfer who just killed it up there but um we're going to need to see some depth emerge. Yeah. And thankfully, the running back position is one where you can find guys, Shane, that yeah. there's probably a guy or two, we don't even know who the heck he is, that'll come in and have some production for the Gamecocks this fall. Yeah, and I, and I like what they got. I mean, Juju's one of my favorite players to watch. He's, he's a human joystick. So yeah. I, I expect you know him to be a, a, a focal piece, You know, just maybe not – and, and every down back, and and hopefully that's what this kid, uh, I don't know, what we're going to call him little hamster, muscle hamster too, junior. <laughs> so maybe he'll be the he'll be the one that could uh, tout the rock three times. So, uh, but I, I think he'll be very involved with this offense. Mm-hmm. All right, Shane, flipping over to the defensive side of the football, best position group in my opinion is the defensive backs. Mm-hmm. Had some star freshmen last year. We're bringing back Marcellus Dow, who's excellent corner. Nick Amawari, the, the safety, was freshman All-American, I believe, as was D.Q. Smith. It's rare that we got two freshman yeah. All-American defensive backs, but that's what we had at Carolina. David Spalding's back, O'Donnell Fortune, Jalen Kilgore, and then youngsters, Landon uh, Greer, J- uh, Jace Blackshear, Joseph Burns, B.J. Gibson, Keenan Nelson, Isaiah Norris, and the wild card chain – D'Angelo Gibbs. We got mm-hmm. talent. We got experience, production. This is uh, one of the best secondaries, I think, potentially in the entire SEC. Yeah, this is an this is a mean looking group, brother. And this is this is why when we're going to get to the schedule here in a minute, I kind of lean toward them sometimes, just because this secondary is absolutely legit. They could go man on man with these anybody anybody they're playing in the SEC, and they're young, man. They're young. And they're just going to keep getting better. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited about this group. And they love to talk. I love that they're, they're the shit talkers too. You know what I'm saying? It's like the best cornerbacks. I think like our, you know, Hayden Island, all that stuff. It's like, yeah, this is what I want to see. And not far off, Shane linebackers. Second on my group, Mohammed Coppa's back. Debo Williams, Stone Blatton. That's a name to know, Shane. I think he's going to explode this year. Donovan Westmoreland, Bam Martin Scott. And that true freshman, Pup Howard, he'll see the field this fall as well. And then don't forget the uh, Ole Miss transfer, Jaron Willis. So very talented group here that uh, is ready to explode on the scene for the Gamecocks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but a huge difference in, in the secondary. I mean, I, when we're doing one and two, it's one and two, you know. Right, uh, right. This is, they're going to have to have some – some players emerge over there. They're going to have to have some dudes step up and, and, and take over uh, because that's one department that, that lacks sometimes last year. Right. So that means last on my list, Shane, defensive line. We've got some star power, but we're lacking some depth in my opinion. Tonka Hemingway, he was excellent. Alex Huntley is another good one. Jordan Strahan, who got banged up last year, but mm-hmm. uh, he came on strong his first year. we got By- uh, Byron Thomas. Terrell Dawkins, Tyree Johnson, T.J. Sanders, and Nick Barrett. We're adding that number one JUCO defense alignment, Elijah Davis, and the freshman Desmond 
Mayo Zulu. <laughs> I butcher. He's got to have a nickname, as Shane would say. But uh, we got some talent. But again, some of this depth I've not seen. So, uh, and we all know yeah. in the SEC, brother, you you have got to be deep on that defensive line. Yeah, that, that's 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 the only thing, man. It's it's the big uglies up front, and right. you don't realize how bad you need them when you ain't got them. So so this is one group that's really going to have to. I mean, similar to linebackers, it's like we we just need somebody, so a couple guys to step up. Uh, we need just some put some weight on, <laughs> run the distance because at the end of the season, you know, we're not going to have the luxury of teams like Georgia and and and, and Texas A and M to just keep rotating. You know, you're going to have some right. dudes out there the entire game. Mm-hmm. Now, I already referenced Shane, arguably the best special teams in the country. Kicker Mitch Jeter's back. He was 11 for 11 last year. Perfect kicker. Uh, And then, of course, Kai Kroger, who, in my opinion, best punter in the country. All SEC. Fifth in the country last year. 46 yards per punt. And, oh, yeah, let's just mention Shaney. Six for six passing with three touchdowns. (laughs) Come on now. I mean, he's got better passing stats. How deep is that quarterback room, Mike? You know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, Kroger. I mean, he's one of the best. You know what? Oh, dude, this special teams is – I mean, they're they're going to be re- doing classes on this on this group. I mean, it's just <laughs> unreal what they're able to do. This it, it's it blows your mind and won them games and will continue to win them games. So, absolute awesome unit here. Yeah. So here's the part, Shane, where I rank the top ten Gamecocks like we would on the NCAA video game, and I'm going to start with Juice Wells, the receiver. I'm giving him 97 overall. One of the highest-rated players in the entire game if it was out this year. A uh, little bit of a drop-off, but I think it's just because it's inconsistency. It's got a, a ceiling to potentially hell, be a 99. We've seen him. But I'm going Spencer Rattler, 93. Yeah. If we can get some more consistency, maybe the change of a, of a new offensive system will bring out the best of him. And this – People are going to mock this, Shane, because it's a punter. But I'm going Kai Kroger, 92 overall. He's <laughs> he's just so good. You know what I mean? If, <laughs> maybe if Spencer Rattler can't get it done, we th- we insert Kai Kroger back here. Now, uh, Biggest 90- Kai Kroger fan <laughs> right here. <laughs> SEC Mike. <laughs> the hell with 90- Tennessee and Arkansas. <laughs> no, give him the kicker. <laughs> 90 overall safety, Nick Amawari, the sophomore. He was outstanding last year. 89 overall defensive lineman, Tonka Hemingway. He's outstanding. Uh, 88 corner, Marcellus Dial. 87, the other outstanding sophomore safety, DQ Smith. Uh, I know he's banged up, but I'm giving him the respect he deserves. Number eight, 87 overall, left tackle Jalen Nichols. Mm-hmm. 87 overall, kicker Mitch Jeter. Again, he ain't missed yet. And then uh, the transfer, Trey Knox, tight end. I'm giving him 86. So we yeah. got us some nice star power here in Columbia. Absolutely. And these are attributes I see moving up. You know, like I always think like – when you're doing these, sometimes we're we're at the ceiling. I don't think we're at the ceiling with a lot of these guys here. Right. No, that's a great point, Shane. All right, so biggest camp questions that I have for South Carolina. Let me, let's run through these. Let's see what you think here, Shane. I think kind of the biggest question mark is the fit with offensive coordinator Dow Loggins and Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, they were saying all the right things in the spring. That carries over to the fall if it does. I think we're going to have one hell of a combo because if uh, if Dow Loggins can coach quarterbacks yeah. and call offenses in the NFL, who better than to get the most out of Spencer Rattler and get him ready for the NFL? This could be a match made in heaven. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, Beamer addressed this. He, he's not looking for somebody to reinvent the wheel down here. Right. What they got has been working. They just – they need to – they need to spruce it up a little, but that's that's what Loggins is going to do here. He's he's a new perspective, and uh, so I, I don't expect much change here. So yeah, I I'm not as concerned with the chemistry and the coaching as I am some of the the other question marks I have for this team. Mm-hmm. Well, second question for me, Shane, is the offensive line and just kind of finding our yeah. five, getting them gelled, getting them on the same page in a new offensive system. That could be an even bigger deal than the quarterback because, yeah. obviously, if you can't protect, 
no one can succeed. So I, I think offensive line looms pretty large. That's my number one. That not just offense, but defense. Just the big uglies all together. You mm-hmm. know, they need to get all these dudes together and, and, and find a handful that can carry this team to a mm-hmm. to a, a, a easily a bowl game. You know, so right. I, I think they've got to find it. They'll find the chemistry, but there's still some some lingering question marks. It's like I'm afraid to put too much money on South Carolina, and a lot of it's to do with these guys. Right, right. So the only other thing is running back, Shane, and just finding yeah. depth at that critical position because we all know uh, in this league you can be down to your third, fourth, fifth running back in a hurry. Yeah. It, you yeah. know, it, that's, it's not, that's pretty rare, but still uh, we can't load up two or three backs for the entire season, I feel like. Yeah, absolutely. And and we don't want to take a step back either. I think South Carolina, Beamer, and them, they've got a lot of momentum right now. And we can't afford to drop that because, as you said earlier, it's it's not the easiest place to recruit right now, but it's mm-hmm. getting easier the more wins that we keep putting under our belt. So uh, right. I, I'd say recruiting and momentum is important. All right, Shane, your favorite part here, the yeah. schedule analysis here. And, uh, of course, before we get to, you know, game-by-game game predictions and all that, here's how I break it down, Shane. Games that I think the Gamecocks should win, games they are unlikely to win, and then the toss-up games. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense, Mike. And just a reminder, we've got game clock, game clock glasses on here. You know, right. we, we are diehard South Carolina fans in this scenario. If the stars align and the, and the schedule's perfect and everybody stays healthy, this is what we think will happen. So uh, just a, a quick reminder, because a lot of people, this is what gets drug out, and they're like, wait a minute, you said they beat so-and-so, and tomorrow you said you beat this one. So this is what I mean. As a South Carolina fan, this is what I think will happen at the end of the season, by the end of the season. I love that the, the most common uh, feedback we get, Shane, on, on YouTube and Twitter is, these guys understand how inconsistent they're being with these <laughs> win, loss, toss. You know what I mean? It's like this is from a Gamecock perspective. Yeah. So let me know if you disagree with any of these, Shane. Games that should be wins right off the bat. We're just chalking these up. Furman, I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> Mississippi State at home early in the season. I think that, that should be a win. Yeah. Uh-oh. Bulldogs. He, he, he agrees. Mississippi State at home early in the season, new staff. I mean, I think you got to count that as a win too. Yeah, I think so. I, I think so. Here, Mike, uh, you're going to have a young young program over there, Arnett. I, I think this is this should be a win. And then Jacksonville State, same deal with Furman. Come on, God damn it! And Vanderbilt at home. I mean, you're yeah, not disagreeing with any of those, are you? No, no, neither is your dog, Mike. I, I, we are, we are all lined up here. So those are four wins. That's the thing about South Carolina; they never have an easy schedule. Right. So uh, there's going to be a lot of toss-ups here. Now, the only one that I have is a likely loss, Shane, so at Georgia, and that, I mean, yeah. that's basically going to be across the board for every team that plays the Bulldogs. Yeah, I mean, don't be offended here. Now, can you beat them? Absolutely. But at Georgia, uh, you know, so, yeah, that's my loss. So, of all the previews we've done so far, Shane, this is a team that, in my opinion, has got the most toss-up games. Yeah. And you let me know if you you may disagree with some of these, but right out the gate, North Carolina in Charlotte could be tricky. You probably – maybe we move this to a win, but in my mind it's – Hell, for some reason, North Carolina's the betting favorite for what that's worth. At Tennessee, you whipped them good last year. I realize that. But, you know, this is going to be circled by Josh Heupel and company. It's in oh, yeah. Knoxville. So that, to me, is a toss-up. Uh, Florida at home. You probably should win that one. But, hell, they whipped you good last year. So, you can kind of see why I'm throwing that into the, into the toss-up category. Yeah. At Missouri, again, I think a lot of South Carolina fans, maybe you do chalk it up as a win, but, but you know, this is like years. Arkansas. You, 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 you can't beat them. So it's like, we can't yeah. just give you that one. Um, at A&M, I realize mm-hmm. you beat them last year, but uh, that was your first time you've actually beaten them uh, as SEC opponent. Uh, Kentucky at home and yeah. Clemson at home. So, <laughs> I mean, they, over half the schedule I've got as a toss-up. Do you, Any of those that you would say 
should be a win or should be a loss. Any you disagree with me on there? Well, I I'm a little bit of a homer anyway, but I think that North Carolina should be a win just yeah. because I think they are just just overrated and just and we'll get to it here in a second, but that's the only one I would lean. The other ones, I got to go toss-ups. Obviously, you, you mentioned Mizzou. That's one that you talk to any South Carolina fan, like, oh, yeah, we're going to win this. Mm-hmm. You know, Kentucky, oh, yeah, we're going to win that one. But you look at years past, and you're like, well, we can't just quite pencil that in as a, as a win because they kind of had your number a couple of times. So, uh, yeah, that's the only two, uh, maybe Florida. But, yeah, I think you're still coin toss on all of these. Okay, so let's get down to the schedule, Shane, week by week, starting with them Tar Heels in Charlotte. I mean, I honestly, I could see this going either way, but uh, for the life of me, the, the only thing that makes me nervous, Shane, is the fact that, you know, they hype up this quarterback for Carolina, but unfortunately for him, he's got to face <laughs> South Carolina's secondary, so I don't know that they even have an advantage at that critical position, but... Um, I guess I'm just the the thing that's got me hesitant is that point spread, and it it almost it makes me feel like maybe I'm missing something because I, do they I know something I don't <laughs> exactly because I I don't understand how South Carolina's not the favorite, but uh, I I will give this one to the 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 Gamecocks. But um, how nervous are you about this game? Not not at all. <laughs> I, I, I think, like I said, I think this team is just blown out way out of proportion here. They just yeah. they're 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 kicking off a Heisman race for a quarterback that may do well in the NFL, will not do well in college because North Carolina is just not built like South Carolina and the SEC, brother. This is going to be a complete bloodbath. Played in Charlotte, played played in Chicago, play it in fucking. <laughs> Chicago. It doesn't matter. This is going to be a win for them Gamecocks, a big one. <laughs> All right, we don't have to spend a lot of time on Furman. We're, that's an no. easy 2-0, and o, right? 2-0, and 2-0 out of the gate, feeling good. Now, I've already said at Georgia, Shane, I'm, I've been crazy enough to uh, pick the Gamecocks too many times to beat Georgia. So I, I ain't doing it again. Uh, now, could you stun the world? Could you pull off an upset? Certainly. I, I think after beating Tennessee, after beating Clemson, we cannot rule Shane Beamer and company out for any game as as an automatic loss, but I just think the I think it's very unlikely that uh, that you get a win here. So I, I'm going two and one, two and one. Yeah, I, I mean I would love to to predict an upset here, and and I I still think Georgia finds a couple of games that are played tighter than usual and may lose one. You mm-hmm. know to to keep going undefeated is it's damn near impossible, mm-hmm. and uh, but. That, that that has even though it's not considered a rivalry, it's kind of made up to one. And, and you know Georgia's going to be ready; they'll be dialed in. It's a tough environment, so I got to go first loss of the year here, two and one South Carolina. Now Mississippi State at home is a great opportunity to to bounce back. Shane, new coach, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator, going on the road. This is not going to be easy for Mississippi State. It's this is a big trap game. Yeah, and maybe we're underrating Mississippi State because of the. Sometimes change is great, Shane, but yeah, sometimes it takes a while to get your footing. So, um, I don't hesitate to say this is going to be some kind of easy victory. But give me the Gamecocks here. I think we're three and one after playing Mississippi State. Yeah, I think so too, Mike. And, and you know, I don't think there's much of a hangover here after the Georgia game. Obviously, you know, you, know, you don't want to see a loss. But there's going to be some that hurt more than others. I, I think everyone understands if you lose to Georgia, the two-time defending national champs. So I think there's a big bounce back, and, and the crowd noise will be pumped up. Hopefully this will be a night game. So, yeah, give me give me the third victory of the year. All right, how about at Tennessee, Shane? Get that ball out your blood. Ooh. Let's look at this unbiasedly. This game means a lot to both these fan bases, Shane, and now we've come to find out they will not be playing in 2024 unless these two meet in the uh, SEC championship game because it's not on the regular season schedule for the first time in you know, well over a decade here. So uh, that just adds fuel to the fire, and, and Tennessee whipped them two years ago in Neyland. South yep. Carolina whipped the Vols in williams Bryce. So uh, it, it, this has been consecutive – 
beatdowns. I don't think it's going to be a beatdown one way or another. Mm-hmm. You can easily talk me into South Carolina winning this game, but <laughs> I just I just think this is going to mean the world to Tennessee after last yeah. season. I I think this is another one, Shane, where it's um, going on the road. If it was in South Carolina, I'd pick the Gamecocks, but I, I'm going the Vols here. So give me three and two. Oh, Mike, I'm going to need another beer talking about this one. Mm. <laughs> I tell you, you know, the thing I love about South Carolina, something that they were able to do and they're going to be able to do this year, is these guys are going to be able to line up against our wide receivers and make it a true ball game. They don't yeah. have to play no zone, no nothing. They can play man-on-man, and that's what concerns me with this matchup. I think the biggest factor going into September 30th is, is Milton legit or not? Have we switched to Nico? Uh, you know, what does what the quarterback situation look like Tennessee? They've got some issues, too, up on the offensive line. So, I think they pair well. I think this is going to be a tough fought game, man. I think it's going to be close. And, and the, the vol of me wants to, you know, and we'll get to Tennessee at some point, Mike. But the, the fact of the matter is these teams hate each other. And, and it's going to be built up and built up. Like you mentioned earlier, Tennessee is not going to be overlooking South Carolina. Say what you want. They were overlooking South Carolina last year. And they got their asses handed to them, embarrassed on national TV, drugged through the mud all offseason. Tennessee will be dialed in. They'll be ready. This is going to be a close game, but I'm going to give a slight edge to the Big Orange Vols. Ooh, okay. So we're both at uh, three and two after five. Three and two. Not a great record uh, considering all the hype, but the great thing about this schedule is, is the second half significantly. I mean, it's yep. it's tough, man. All. The toughest games, I'd say, are right out the gate. Yeah. Florida at the midway point, Shane. They killed the Gamecocks last year. Almost the reverse of everything we just said. South Carolina is going to want revenge big time in this matchup. And they will not be taking the Gators lightly. They whooped them last time. Yeah. It was in Columbia. So, I think that happens again, Shade. I'm a little bit lower on Florida than most. Uh, I think that's safe to say. I think this will be a big Big bounce back for the Gamecocks and, and potentially set up a nice second half run. So give me four and two for them Gamecocks. And you're coming off that that tough fought loss to Tennessee Vols. The good news about this schedule, Mike, is they got two weeks to prepare for this game. So win, lose, or draw with Tennessee, they're going to have plenty of time to get their mind rights and dialed in. Something I think they weren't when they played Florida the last time. So mm-hmm. this one here at home, it's going to be loud. It's going to be crazy. It's going to be wild. Give me big South Carolina. Yep. <laughs> All right. Up next week, Shane, at Missouri. Again, this is one I think is not going to fly under the radar in Columbia, South Carolina. They want this one. They've let it slip through their fingers one too many times. We have uh, you know, been very high on Missouri. We think they could do big things this year. So this is by no means going to be a, a gimme game. But I think South Carolina has the pieces to go on the road. I wouldn't even call it an upset, Shane, yeah. but just a return home with the W. So give me them South Carolina Gamecocks, Shane. They finally <laughs> snap his streak. That's what Beamer has done for the Gamecocks, Shane, has snapped virtually every losing streak they've had. I think they snap another one here on October 21st. Give me them Gamecocks. Mike, I, I, I'm with you. And, and for so many, so many years, we've penciled in Columbia or South Carolina as the winner of this game. Yeah. You know, I've lost a lot of money betting on South Carolina in this game. And I think they get it right this year, Mike. If the stars are aligned and I'm a Gamecock homer, I'm looking at that saying there's no reason we should lose to Missouri. We are a better team. So give me the give me South Carolina another victory here. Uh we're starting to pick up some momentum, Mike. Yeah, but then we got a very difficult game the following week, Shane, at Texas AM. And uh the thing that really worries me about this one, Shane, we've already touched on it. South Carolina, both the lines of scrimmage, you could argue is Two unknowns, potentially two issue spots, yet it's the complete opposite for Texas A&M. I mean, their defensive line is going to be nasty, we think. 
the mm-hmm. offensive line. They have got they've got some ways to go, but they're returning everybody. Um, I th- just think this will be a little bit too much of a mismatch in the critical aspect of the line of scrimmage. Shane, give me Texas A and M on this one. Yeah, this one's tough, Mike. You know, especially because we just did Texas A and M. I'm still feeling the hype there. You know, it's a deep <laughs> team. The problem the problem I have with the Aggies is where they're really good at, South Carolina isn't. You yeah. know, when I'm looking at that offensive defensive line, I, I, I really worry about how how does how does the Gamecocks handle that. So man, I'm trying to be a homer, but I'm also trying to be a little realistic here, Mike. You know, I'm looking at a, a, a handful of teams here on the back end of this schedule that, that truly are coin tosses and, and when I'm thinking optimistically, you know, I'm also assuming that A and M may not have their shit together. You know, maybe maybe they maybe they fell flat on their face and their Jimbo's on the hot seat again. That's what you want if you're a South Carolina fan. But the fact that it's at College Station, I'm going to have to give the nod to the Aggies as well, Mike. So going to get another loss here. But the good news is next week Jacksonville State they could be going back. <laughs> To the wrong Jacksonville with a big old L. Give me them uh, Gamecocks. You know what? Yeah, that's a big one, Mike. That's a big one. Get some <laughs> of these young kids involved. The the tail end of this schedule is starting to loosen up a little bit. So give me another victory here. And you got to be careful, Shane. You cannot overlook Vanderbilt. They've given you some tough matchups here recently. Um, a, a little bit of a trap game because of Kentucky's looming large, Clemson's looming large, but. We've already said it. This should be a win. Give me the Gamecocks to beat Vanderbilt yet again. Yeah, uh, I, this should not be a game, Mike. This honestly, should, this should be the whale show. This is this is giving Juice an opportunity to win a Heisman <laughs> Trophy here. So, yeah, big one, big win here for the Gamecocks. Now, late in the season, Kentucky comes to town, usually early in the season, so it's kind of weird to see it this late in the year, Shane, but this is developing into a nice little rivalry. We've not forgotten what old Mark Stoop said at Media Days last year, and I think, uh, you know, that certainly uh, put some extra fuel on this fire, and thanks to comments like that, thanks to uh, annual showdowns on the recruiting trail south carolina's not gonna overlook kentucky give me another big win for shane beamer and company over mark stoops <laughs> mike this is gonna be a fun game isn't it i i yeah. love when these two get chirping and, and and going back and forth to each other i i think you know there this is going to be a a i mean it's going to be back and forth it's going to be like them two just punching each other in the middle of the ring Right. But I love South Carolina in this matchup for some reason. I just I, I'm I'm thinking about it at home. Columbia just just going crazy. Sandstorm played for eight thousandth time. You know, give me a give me a South Carolina win here. Yeah. So then it comes down to the rivalry game against Clemson. I re- realize they snapped the streak, Shane. Uh, Clemson has struggled at quarterback here recently. They made the change at offensive coordinator, much like South Carolina, except. They're they're bringing in the guy from uh, TCU to who revolutionized revolutionized that offense, and they got massive talent, particularly on the on the defensive side there for Clemson. I realize Shane that uh, we we have flipped this rivalry. This game is going to mean the world to the Gamecocks and that fan base, but I just think Clemson is just too strong, too talented. And got too good of a coach, Shane. So give me the South Carolina Gamecocks. (laughs) 2-0. Get the hell out of here, Dabo. 9-3. Streak (laughs) over two-game winning streak for the Gamecocks in this one, Shane. And I think even though we suffered a couple setbacks, I think 9-3 with an opportunity to win a 10th game in a bowl game with those three losses being on the road again that's you know south carolina fans are not going to be having a parade for nine and three but i think that's a serious serious step in the right direction i and i think most gamecocks with arguably the toughest schedule in the country i think they'd be pretty good with nine and three yeah man oh i agree and 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 looking at the clemson game it's like 
this is a game you always penciled in as a loss. And I don't, I don't think you do that anymore. I think Spencer would like to get one more on his way out. You know what I'm saying? Take that, Dabo. So give me another win here for them South Carolina Gamecocks. I ain't ever picking that damn team. <laughs> <laughs> Ugly ass orange. Get out of here. I mean, by this time, I mean, I'm not trying to uh, understate how big of a win this could be, but hell, who knows, Shane, that Clemson could be. Seven and five or some, you know, they're just hype, getting hyped up again. You know what? They're on their way out, Mike. Clemson's yeah. on their way out. Seriously, they're they're shriveling up on the vine. <laughs> I, 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 it's it's they they put it on that Alabama pedestal, and and they're gonna, yeah, yep. Yeah, you're not playing anybody, nobody, and mm-hmm. and uh, I mean, sure, they're gonna get a couple players out there to end up going to NFL and doing some things, but it's it's just it's not it's it's not SEC team, not SEC caliber. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you real quick, Shane, any game on here for South Carolina that you think is maybe the most critical to having just an outstanding season uh, in any game that, uh, you know, could be at the beginning, could be at the end. North Carolina, I've heard a lot of people say the importance of that one. But for me, Shane, I think to having a, a really great season, I think it's that Tennessee game. And I think it's because yeah. it's winnable. I think it's because you you're trying to climb. You were third in the East last year. You, you to get to second, you got to go through Tennessee. It's in Neyland Stadium. That would be another program defining whim. I think for Shane Beamer and company. I I think Tennessee. I think I think that looms as a a realistic win for the Gamecocks. That's that's kind of why it's at the top of my list. Yeah, I, that one in the Florida Gators, just the mm-hmm. way that that game was played last year, I, I, I've yeah. got the Gators a little bit higher just because it launches the second half of this season. And uh, because you want to talk about winnable games, every team that they play there on out is a winnable game. So um, I think that's more more important for me. But I do get the Tennessee game. I, I understand why that's going to be fun. That's going to be exciting. Uh, Vol fans expect to win that one. South Carolina fans probably expect to win that one. But uh, it, it's going to – man, it's gonna, we should go to that game, Mike. I, you know, we, we try to go to one of these every year. We should definitely do the, the Tennessee-South Carolina game. I think that would be freaking awesome. But uh, – but yeah, that that's the one that stands out to me, and, and you could make the argument uh, with Mizzou. That's another one that just kind of sneaks in there, and it's it's a game that we always thought South Carolina would win, but they keep losing. And yeah. and if you come ill prepared, then you're facing another loss. Then you go to Texas A and M. I mean, it's tough. That's a tough emotional loss if you if you win at, uh, at at Mizzou. So those those two games, those are the ones I'm looking at. Hmm. Well, buddy, that's all I got for you on this episode of the show. Deep dive on them Gamecocks. you have to tune in to see who we covered next. Not even Shane knows at this point. So no. uh, I'm glad I was able to get you with that Clemson. I hope I got the the audience there, too. So uh, you got anything before we hop off the line? No, man. Uh, again, one of my favorite time of years is, is looking at these schedules and, and kind of just formulate what i think could happen might happen we're all doing it we're, even non-homers <laughs> are doing it so uh you ask anybody they got their own opinions but i appreciate you brother all the work you put into this one and uh don't forget pencil in those dates there in nashville uh should be a pretty fun event and i uh, can't wait to see y'all absolutely well brother happy father's day one more time go enjoy your barbecue happy father's day out there to all the dads out there but that's all we got on this episode we'll catch you on the next one all right see you guys go Gamecocks (laughs) hey buddy this beer's for you Mike and cousin Shane that SEC podcast loves the pirate and the pirate loves that SEC podcast hail state